first part of lecture number six the development of science and learning in russia by a s lapodanilevsky from russian realities and problems lectures delivered at cambridge in august nineteen sixteen this librivox recording is in the public domain friendly intercourse either between nations or individuals cannot be achieved without mutual knowledge and appreciation of their respective moral forces for moral forces prove to be powerful springs of action not only in times of peace but also in times of war when they reach in certain cases their utmost tension and incite men to great deeds although moral forces are not all concentrated in thought this principle has the greatest combining power of them all and exercises it both in peaceful and warlike activities thought implies unity of cognition constantly referred to an object other than the mental state itself and brings men forward to some definite end leading through the intricacies of life to a higher destiny these considerations prompt me to draw your attention at this meeting the main subject of which is the study of russian civilization to russian thought past and present the term thought as stated above particularly in its methodic sense is distinguished from will and feeling but even with this restriction it is still too wide for our present object i shall use it often to cover the leading principles and general movements of philosophy science and learning and apply it in this sense to the psychological and historic study of such development in russia the solution of such a problem in its totality would be probably unattainable for any one man even if he were familiar with all branches of human knowledge science and learning i have of course no such claims and intend to give you merely an approximate idea of what might be done to elucidate some general aspects of russian thought as manifested in the scientific and learned work which is going on in russia thus conceived the historical study of russian thought implies however manifold problems it must be considered not merely in its leading principles but in its characteristic features and not only in its general movement but in its special development which depends on local and temporal conditions of russian life i have therefore to deal with two sets of problems concerning russian science and learning one the leading principles and characteristic features two the general movement and special development the two sets are of course closely connected one with another in clearing them up i shall take into account this connection these problems are not easy to solve and they grow even more perplexing if thought be considered as part of a more complicated whole namely consciousness and be studied in its relations to will and feeling if it be moreover observed in the process of its realization and regarded as a leading factor in conscious activity these new problems cannot be treated here at length but i think i ought not to leave them out entirely and i shall touch upon them slightly in some concluding remarks on russian conceptions of consciousness as a whole and on their realization in russian life part one every thought which has a pretense to knowledge must be unified knowledge not merely philosophy but every manifestation of science and learning aims more or less at such an end and tries to attain it in different ways 
this principle of unity of thought must be distinguished from the process of unification it can be realized by different factors or modes of thought two of these which in the main do not exclude one another deserve perhaps some attention i mean intuitive and discursive thought intuitive thought is a spontaneous creative and inventive power discursive thought is a controlling methodic and orderly power they can be associated in one person and this combination is perhaps one of the most pregnant characteristics of genius but they can be dissociated and represented by different persons belonging to the same or to different nations one of the best writers on the history of modern science has made an attempt to apply this distinction to different types of modern european thought he identified two logically different factors or modes of thought with two actual national types of thought and found these modes existing in different peoples even if this scheme should prove to be true for the characteristics of the thought of some other nations it would probably be too artificial to explain russian thought russian thought can hardly be characterized by either of these modes and eminent russian scientific and learned men have been distinguished by the predominance of one or other of them besides some peculiarities of russian thought at least had a much more complicated and concrete origin they were and still are in a certain degree dependent on local and temporal conditions which will be examined here from a historical point of view mainly in connection with the process of unification the unifying principles of russian thought can be perceived in its history and were formed at its different stages in a religious or secular spirit let us consider this in some detail and illustrate our statement by some examples one religious thought whatever may be the factors of its evolution gives even at its lowest stages a conception of the world which tends to a certain unity even in heathen times we can trace such a frame of mind although russian mythology could not of course reach systematic unity it contained some germs of unification around which the varieties of heathen experience were gathered although the russian olympus even after the attempt of vladimir sviatoslavovitch to restore the heathen cult cannot be arranged in a strict hierarchy yet its chief deity the angry and jealous perun appears as a centre of crystallization for various conceptions concerning the creative powers and processes of nature connected with thunderstorms and thundershowers and even embracing some elements of culture thus vivifying fire could be obtained according to tradition from the oak tree which was sacred to perun oaths were tendered in his name and so on this unifying tendency became much stronger in christendom christian monotheism of course could not at once abolish polytheistic superstitions and even in our own times some russian peasants for instance in the government of pskov mention perun in their oaths but the baptism of vladimir sviatoslavovitch and his people revealed to them the idea of an almighty creator and a benevolent providence and thus introduced a somewhat transcendental but harmonious conception of the world which can be traced for instance in the precepts of vladimir monomach and other literary works of that time this unification in a religious and christian spirit was however transformed by degrees into a dogmatic subordination 
the orthodox church swayed the minds of medieval men and regulated the aims of their knowledge it was thought necessary to elaborate the revealed teaching of the church into a well-balanced system of concepts and to develop it in a chain of regular syllogisms this subordination enslaved science and produced scholastic learning this principle is represented for instance by st john damascene his treatise on dialectics in which he tried to adapt the logic of the ancient schools to the teachings of the orthodox church was translated into slavonic and circulated in russian copies of the fifteenth century and later maxim the greek one of the disciples of john damascene formulated this theory in russian as follows quote, logic can be useful in so far as it is employed by us to glorify the lord and stirs up our love for him but it cannot contradict his holy words and must endeavour to agree with them Tsinovi otensky a pupil of maxim the greek conformed to the same doctrine though he admitted that reason must play a certain part in theological controversies a friend of maxim the greek the monk artemius also expressed the same idea in one of his letters to the tsar ivan the terrible quote, true reason he said is always confirmed by the bible and reason when it contradicts the bible is false thus the principle that reason must be subordinated to revelation was expounded by a father of the greek orthodox church was stated by a series of russian writers of the fifteenth and sixteenth centuries and prevailed even in the seventeenth in muscovy from this point of view the bible so far as it was translated supplied the place of scientific and learned works on nature and man pious commentaries e g those of georgius Pisidis on god's creation took the place of treatises on natural science and the lives of the saints particularly the great collection of the metropolitan macarius stood for monographs on moral and historical subjects although greek culture was much better fitted for such a role russian men of letters began to have recourse to latin civilization and to study latin books particularly those which were of use for theological controversy and scholastic learning by degrees some notions on formal logic some dissertations of aristotle on natural science expounded in this spirit some treatises of thomas aquinas on justice and other topics and some works on history for instance the chronicle of martin bielski penetrated into russia this movement developed first in kiev and somewhat later spread to moscow the enlightened metropolitan of kiev peter mojila transformed the famous school at kiev into a college in sixteen thirty one he himself had a humanistic conception of knowledge and education but the place became later under polish influence a centre of scholastic learning the enlightened spirit of this college was well represented by stephen Yavorsky, one of the professors who lectured there for some years before the college was transformed into a theological seminary the wise monk simeon polotsky one of the opponents of the learned epiphanius slavinetsky began probably in sixteen sixty four to impart in moscow the latin learning that he had got from the kiev college and from the polish schools in vilna and other cities one of his pupils sylvester medvedev was a zealous partisan of latin learning and took a lively part in the contest which arose thus early between the zapadniki and vostochniki 
i e the partisans of western latin civilization and those who like the monk euthemius and the brothers lehudi maintained the eastern greek tradition these fears were not entirely unfounded men who applied themselves to latin civilization were sometimes unable to preserve the greek faith from contamination and to square with its principles all the ideas more or less intimately connected with the catholic or protestant confessions and their sects thus maxime the greek was somewhat troubled by the ideas he learned during his residence in italy sylvester medvedev was accused of having expressed latin rationalistic opinions on transubstantiation and matvyai bashkin was perhaps influenced by protestant or calvinistic ideas as regards transubstantiation and some other doctrines but the fundamental point of view from which all this knowledge acquired some unity continued to be religious the russian scholars of the sixteenth and seventeenth centuries were obliged to conform to the precepts of russian orthodoxy as expounded in the profession of peter mogila and the later treatises of stephen yavorsky and theophan prokopovich though these were influenced to some extent by catholic and protestant ideas orthodoxy continued to subdue reason and to humble its independent creative power for a long time it preserved among russian scholars the dogmatic and traditional conception of science and learning and produced such a view as might be expected of natural and historical phenomena this point of view was conspicuous even in branches of knowledge which apparently had nothing to do with theology thus the results of arithmetical operations were considered as miraculous different positions of the signs of the zodiac were explained by movements produced by angels peculiar habits of animals were explained in accordance with christian traditions and historical facts were selected in order to exalt our past history in the spirit of orthodoxy orthodox conceptions predominated moreover at least in a speculative sense in the scheme expounded in the domostre and in political theories acknowledged by the muscovite government the tsar was regarded as the vicegerent of god and his autocratic power as coming from a divine source moscow was represented as the third rome which after the decline of the first and the second rome i e constantinople was considered to be the principal centre of the orthodox world these theories developed by the monk philotheus and joseph vlatsky were acknowledged by the tsar ivan the terrible and his successors they had some influence on our political relations with other orthodox slavonic nations this unifying orthodox conception of the world was however a dogmatic construction it suppressed the varieties of religious experience and fettered the development of russian thought this is the principal reason why the orthodox system could not endure it was crippled by the great schism raskol which embodied a protest in regard to some religious rites and it was unable to stifle the growing power of secular thought in russia two the gradual rise of secular thought in russia was due to many causes if we consider these in order of their importance which however does not always correspond to historical sequence we must notice especially the consciousness of the meaning of truth 
in its crudest form it manifests itself in that curiosity which men have about wonderful things and this feeling was alive in russians in the time of the first monarchs of the romanov dynasty they interested themselves in curiosities that fell within their reach together with some inventions and novelties which came from foreign lands but this curiosity could only grow into love of knowledge by reason of its practical value secular thought was particularly appreciated in its technical applications and this conception was for instance duly expounded in a book on the military art printed by order of the tsar alexey mikhailovitch the practical usefulness of science and learning was really one of the essential causes of their development and the consciousness of this is conspicuous in the popular encyclopedias of the seventeenth century known as osbukovniki every man of course needed some knowledge of grammar for correct reading and writing of arithmetic for reckoning of geometry for measuring of geography for travel and foreign relations of history for politics and so on in view of these practical needs elementary manuals were composed particularly in the seventeenth century thus melitia smotsky wrote the first detailed slavonic grammar in sixteen nineteen basil bursi compiled the first russian arithmetic in sixteen forty five bogdan likov translated mercator's geography in sixteen thirty seven and some of the manuscript copies contained additional russian notes Inokin Degjizl produced in 1674 an historical survey of the quote, beginnings of the Slavonic Russian people and of the first Russian princes who reigned in Kiev. End quote. In fulfilling these practical ends, secular thought had much more liberty to display itself, and this point of view became predominant in the time of Peter the Great he was not without curiosity and even pure love of knowledge but he appreciated chiefly the public utility of science and learning thus he used science to build fortresses or ships and organize factories he wished learning to justify his politics and to glorify his victories his reforms were to some extent facilitated by the influence that the renaissance and the subsequent movements had already exercised on russian thought particularly in the seventeenth century the humanistic and individualistic spirit of the renaissance was not quite unknown to the russians of the seventeenth century peter mojila the enlightened metropolitan of kiev had an opportunity of learning something about it and the monk epiphanius Slavonetsky, who came from kiev to moscow was acquainted with some of its literary productions for instance russian translations of the treatises of vesalius on anatomy and of mozhevsky on politics prove that this movement was beginning to penetrate into literary circles at moscow the confessional type of culture which predominated in europe even in the seventeenth century had also some influence on russian literature krisanich was one of the most fervent adherents of catholic culture but this type was obliged to give way to the protestant atmosphere which found a powerful supporter in peter the great and was fairly well assimilated by one of his adherents the high-spirited theophan prokopovitch this influence promoted the development in russia of the individualistic and rationalistic spirit which permeated for instance the conceptions of one of the friends of protestant culture dmitri tveritinov he would have paid for his boldness with his life if peter the great had not hushed up the affair seventeen eleven to seventeen twenty three 
thus the growth of secular thought in russia was to some extent secured by the emperor himself in seventeen twenty five he founded for instance the academy of sciences in order that its members might cultivate science and learning and thus refute the opinion according to which russians were barbarians but peter the great was much more anxious to propagate technical knowledge among his subjects he entrusted at least partly this business to the academy and invited some foreign teachers for the purpose one of them called farkoshen edited manuals of geometry algebra and trigonometry seventeen nineteen and seventeen thirty and these were supplemented by elementary books on geodesy seventeen o eight mechanics seventeen twenty two and other subjects at the same time peter the great ordered translations to be made of some of the best works on geography architecture fortification and artillery shipbuilding and navigation jurisprudence history and other topics the chief authors translated were varenius vignola vauban and brown allard and manson puffendorf and stratemann the tsar printed moreover a defence of his right to dethrone his own son with quotations from hobbes and grotius and he published a pamphlet explaining the circumstances that provoked the great northern war the stream of thought produced by these somewhat artificial and in certain cases violent means continued to flow and received some new contributions in the eighteenth and nineteenth centuries from german french and english sources these influences on which i cannot dwell at length were of different kinds german philosophy excited in russian coteries a growing interest in the problem of unity of thought of a systematic conception of the world of a harmonious comprehension of nature and man but it was often marked by its transcendent metaphysical character and exceeded the limits of positive science and learning which german scholars were introducing into russia in this respect german influence was supplemented by other movements french sensualism and english empiricism did much to promote the rise of secular thought and its development in russia and the culmination of french and english science which crowned the eighteenth century and inaugurated the nineteenth has contributed as much as german learning and perhaps even more to the growth of russian thought in its secular aspect these influences enriched it moreover with new and valuable contents the influence of germany on russian thought particularly during the eighteenth century and the first half of the nineteenth must be stated without hesitation the philosophical ideas of leibniz and wolf of kant herder and others penetrated into russian chiefly through the academy of sciences of petrograd and the university of moscow founded in seventeen fifty five after the philosophers of the period of enlightenment came the turn of idealism as taught by fichte and especially by schelling and hegel this had great vogue in russian coteries between eighteen thirty two and eighteen forty eight and of somewhat later date is the temporary ascendancy of moleschott's materialism and the theories of feuerbach marx and engel which were eagerly welcomed by socialistic groups various branches of science and learning were also planted on russian soil by german scholars the great mathematician euler assisted in the foundation of a russian mathematical school the famous historian schlitzer contributed to the formation of russian historical studies somewhat later and at different times 
Weierstrasse, Bunzen, Liebig, Ritter, Grimm, Savigny, Ranke, Droysen, and Momsen, besides many others, trained Russian students in mathematics, chemistry, linguistics, and folklore, and in history. French and English influences were less organized. They made way into Russia chiefly through personal intercourse and literature, and were of somewhat later origin. These connections grew conspicuous in the times of the French encyclopedistes, Voltaire, Diderot, and others. And the Frenchmen drew the growing attention of Russian readers to Locke and Hume and their followers. From that time Russian cultured classes became familiar with some of the ideas of Montesquieu and Rousseau, Mably and Reynal, Helvetius and Holbach, and somewhat later they became aware of the theories of Adam Smith, Blackstone and Bentham it is clear that german influence was relatively much more exclusive in russia in the first half of the eighteenth century than later on a comparison between two enlightened russian critics and historians of those times tatashev and sherbatov is enough to prove this tatashev borrowed much from german sources sherbatov was fairly well acquainted with french literature and had some idea even of english though he could not read it in the original by degrees french and english influences encountered the influence of germany and thus preserved russian scholars from complete subjection to german thought this is conspicuous for instance in the philosophical propositions of kotzelsky and in works of somewhat later origin many of these were conceived under the influence of french and english ideas the theories of the ideologues, and particularly those of Destut de Tracy, had made some impression on the reformers known as the Decembrists, and after the second half of the sixties, the ideas of Comte had some vogue among Russian cultured classes. The views expressed by Mill and Spencer on the positive philosophy appeared at once in Russian translations, and nearly all their principal works became accessible to Russian readers also modern french science and learning proved to be of great value for the development of russian thought couchet and ampere dumas and berthelot pasteur and bernard saint-simon proudhon and fourier Gisot, thierry and michelet renan fustel de coulanges and others exercised an influence partly personal and partly literary on russian students contemporary english science and learning produced similar results the great ideas and discoveries of faraday and thompson lord kelvin of dalton and maxwell of lyell and darwin the acute investigations and liberal opinions of bentley and gibbon the brilliant narrative of macaulay and bold generalizations of buckles the suggestive inferences of tyler maine and other writers could not pass unnoticed in russia and some of these writers exercised a considerable influence on russian minds for instance darwin's investigations into the origin of species were expanded by kutorja at the university of petrograd as early as eighteen sixty and found many russian supporters and the diffusion of buckle's ideas among the cultured classes astonished one of his countrymen when travelling in russia in the seventies these combined influences did much for the development of russian thought they relaxed the authority of orthodox dogma and stimulated free thought but this state of mind produced a reaction which manifested itself in mysticism and in freemasonry first introduced into russia about eighteen thirty one of the first russian philosophers skovroda 
1722-1794, was a mystic who declared that the invisible was the essence of the visible, and must be studied by means of self-knowledge, which he combined with some degree of rationalism. One of the Russian Freemasons, the well-known Novikov, organized the typographic company and the Russian book trade in 1782. Thanks to these influences, the consciousness of the value of true knowledge deepened. It was expressed in a somewhat clearer manner by Lomonosov. He declared that, quote, faith and truth are own sisters they proceed from one almighty father and can never come into conflict and he supposed that the terms religious action or holy action could properly be applied in a certain sense to scientific thought but that the latter must have its own separate domain thus lumonosov acknowledged the absolute value of science and this conception grew clearer in subsequent writers the variety of these influences must also be noted it gave to the russian cultured classes the opportunity of selecting knowledge from different sources and favoured the development of freedom from prejudice and tradition it enlarged the sphere of their ideas and nourished in them a cosmopolitan and humanistic spirit it acquainted them with many-sided manifestations of science and learning this can be traced for instance in the works of Radishev one of the most enlightened Russian writers of the eighteenth century, an outspoken critic of despotism, and an irreconcilable foe to serfdom. This variety of influences had, however, one serious defect. It was wanting in unity, and Russian secular thought could attain this unity only after growing independent, and, in this sense, national such a unifying national thought was needed in order to work out this second-hand knowledge and perfect it by discoveries of its own national spirit was already very strong in the muscovite state but being intimately connected with orthodoxy it could not actively promote secular thought in the next century this connection was relaxed and foreign predominance produced a national reaction shown for instance in the animosity which arose in the academy between lomonosov and his german colleagues he firmly believed in his own creative powers and urged his countrymen to display their merit but it was only after the wars which freed russia and other countries from the dominion of napoleon that this national spirit manifested itself in a corresponding doctrine byelinsky wrote in eighteen thirty four romanticism was the principle proclaimed in the times of pushkin nationality is the alpha and omega of our own times and in the name of this national spirit nadezhdin required from his countrymen appreciation of their national individuality and proper pride in themselves this doctrine was developed by the slavophiles kiryevsky homyakov and aksakov and later by danilevsky the critic of darwinism by his friend strachov and others some of the westerners also chiefly solovyev and kavelin were inclined to accept it but in a different sense and thus independence of thought was reinforced to a certain degree by national feeling this independent spirit might have grown much more quickly and continuously if it had been placed in suitable political conditions but political circumstances were not favorable to it i shall not speak of the times when moscow was a fortified camp rather than a centre of civilization but even in later periods of russian history when thought was growing up 
it was held under considerable restraint this occurred of course in times of reaction for instance in the last years of catherine's reign after the french revolution seventeen ninety to seventeen ninety six under alexander i after havoc had been made in the universities of petrograd and kazan and in a less degree of moscow eighteen twenty to eighteen twenty three in the times of nicholas i after the execution of the decembrists and particularly after eighteen forty eight when philosophy was practically banished from russian universities for thirteen years eighteen fifty to eighteen sixty three when science and learning were subjected to the strictest supervision when the westerners and even the slavophiles for instance herzen and homyakov were secretly watched by the police in fact only under the reign of alexander ii after the great reforms of the sixties after the abolition of serfdom the promulgation of the new code for the universities in eighteen sixty three and the foundation of many schools for both sexes the temporary lightening of the censorship in eighteen sixty five and some other amendments russian thought began to develop more rapidly and to disentangle itself from foreign leading strings thus the rise of russian secular thought produced by the causes which have been considered above began to manifest itself as early as the eighteenth century but it grew more conspicuous only when the combined action of these causes coincided with favourable circumstances and the reforms just mentioned and this occurred only in the middle of the nineteenth century since then russian thought has developed more independently and continuously and this can be confirmed in various departments of russian science and learning the process of development manifested itself in different domains of knowledge in russia during the eighteenth and nineteenth centuries it can be studied either from a quantitative and statistical or from a qualitative and genetic point of view general statistical accounts of the growth of science and learning and of the nationality of its chief representatives in russia hardly exist some approximate data however concerning the imperial academy of sciences are in this respect particularly characteristic during the eighteenth century the academy had one hundred and seven actual members only thirty-four of them that is thirty-one point ninety-eight per cent or if we exclude three members from the baltic provinces and three members from finland only twenty-six point one seven per cent were russians of the foreign members sixty-five per cent were germans during the nineteenth century and down to nineteen o eight out of a hundred and eighty-nine members of the academy a hundred and thirty-nine or seventy-three point nine six per cent or if we exclude sixteen members from the baltic provinces and two members from finland sixty-nine point three one per cent were russians of the foreign members most were still germans sixty-four per cent thus the percentage of russian members of the academy rose during the whole period from twenty-six point one seven per cent to sixty-nine point three one per cent the development of russian thought in a qualitative or generic sense manifested itself in different ways in course of time it revealed much more creative power and became more continuous thanks to the formation of scientific schools institutions and other mediums of communication but this evolution can be illustrated here only by a few examples in a certain degree this process can be noticed even in theology for instance in the introduction of makarius bulgvikov to the principles of orthodoxy and in an analogous treatise of philaret yumilevsky containing a criticism of german rationalism 
this development however is much more conspicuous in russian philosophy mathematics and various branches of knowledge concerning reality the prevalent influence of foreign and particularly german philosophy over russian thought lasted a long while but in course of time german idealism and materialism found some critics among russian scholars of the forties and sixties from this point of view sidonsky tried to connect speculation with experience and the slavophiles proved to be more original than the westerners kirievsky and particularly homyakov refuted the rationalism of hegel whilst ryedkin and particularly shishirin remained more faithful to its principles the slavophiles had a wider conception of consciousness as a whole than the westerners and hence were not inclined to agree with the rationalistic formulas of hegelianism which failed to give a satisfactory explanation of reality but even chicherin tried to introduce some corrections in the logic of hegel and some other westerners for instance kavelin were not entirely satisfied by hegel somewhat later the materialism of moleschott feuerbach marx and others passed through a similar phase pisarev for instance turned from materialism to positivism and the anthropological principle of chernyshevsky was examined by yurkevich the positivism of comte though assimilated by virbov and propagated by Livovich, before he exchanged it for empirical criticism did not long hold the field it was attacked by the archbishop nikanor brovkovich and by one of the foremost representatives of russian mysticism v soloviev who was also much interested in epistemological problems rejected it and in agreement with him one of his intimate friends trubetskoy gave himself up to concrete idealism in modern times the critical philosophy of kant also found itself challenged by a russian philosopher kerensky he criticized not only positivism but all the systems that were based on criticism after having published some original views on inductive and deductive logic he endeavored to prove that intuitions of space and time can be considered as a priori notions but that judgments on the laws of intuition for example mathematical axioms proceed also from experience some of the ideas of karinsky were however discussed by a consistent representative of kantian philosophy yevdensky the well-known critic of the metaphysical conceptions of matter soul etc his pupil lapchin tried to prove that the laws of logic were not applicable to things in themselves meantime the system of kant encountered further criticism from russian intuitionists Lasky, a pupil of Koslov, developed comprehensive views on the intuition of the external transsubjective world. He formulated a theory concerning the original coordination between oneself and the content of this world, and applied it to different parts of philosophy. The gradual rise of independent research in Russia can be observed even better in the evolution of mathematics, natural sciences, and humanistic studies mathematics have developed in a much more logical manner than other branches of knowledge for they were much more independent of exterior circumstances and had no need of expensive laboratories complicated implements etc nevertheless they turned out to be of great practical value and inspired no alarm in the government it is natural therefore that mathematics have continuously developed in russia from the times of bernoulli and euler the latter trained the first russian mathematicians who were able to use mathematical analysis 
particularly Kotelnikov and Rumovsky. Somewhat later, Guriev demanded stricter method in mathematical investigations, and Osipovsky tried to systematize mathematical knowledge. At the same time, he bestowed his attention upon the rising genius of Ostrogradsky. After studying in Paris, especially under Kushi, Ostrogradsky wrote some noteworthy papers, especially on the integration of algebraic functions and the calculus of variations. Together with Bunyakovsky, Ostrogradsky was one of the founders of the Russian mathematical school, which gained great distinction from the work of a famous mathematician of the second half of the century, Chebyshev, who discovered new solutions of many difficult mathematical problems. Chebyshev elucidated the theory of probabilities, elaborated a remarkable theory of numbers, wrote valuable papers on integral calculus and interpolation, continued fractions, and problems concerning maxima and minima, etc. He started, moreover, new problems which were further investigated by his pupils. Markov, who studied also under the influence of Korkin, was particularly interested in the theory of probabilities and of algebraic numbers and continued fractions. Lyapunov, who gave himself up to the study of theoretical mechanics, guided the first steps of Steklov, and so on. This movement in the domain of mathematics was supplemented by another, produced by the genius of Lobachevsky. 1826 his pan-geometry which revealed an entirely new and comprehensive conception of space eventually found some partisans among russian mathematicians for instance vashenko and zakharchenkoi during the same period the evolution of independent russian thought concerning the real world in its natural and historical aspect can also be exemplified such a knowledge supposes a theoretical conception of reality as an object of experience and experience from an epistemological and even practical point of view becomes a problem in itself the most scientific mathematical treatment of natural phenomena could however be applied only to some of them it turned out to be particularly successful in mechanics following bernoulli and euler some russian scholars contributed to this subject thus ostrogradsky wrote papers on the propagation of undulatory motion in a cylinder and on the motion of an elastic body and more recently lyapunov solved the problem of the figures of equilibrium not very different from ellipsoids exhibited by a homogeneous and liquid mass with a rotatory movement mathematics and mechanics were applied also to astronomical investigations one of the colleagues of bernoulli the frenchman de lille and Rumovsky, a Russian pupil of Euler, began this work, but it was organized somewhat later, after the foundation of the observatory at Pulkovo in 1839, by Struve and his pupils. In course of time, Redihin, a former student of the University of Moscow, became director of this institution. He was well known for spectroscopic and other investigations on the comets and shooting stars, and the recent director, Baklund, very highly appreciated in scientific circles was himself aided by one of the assistants of bredehin the astrophysicist bielopolsky these various branches of knowledge received some new applications in the study of geodesy which particularly concerned russia the materials collected by delille and kirillov an amateur of russian cartography proved to be of some use even for the atlas of seventeen forty five 
the determinations and measurements made by vishnejevsky struve and others before the foundation of the observatory of pulkovo and the subsequent triangulations of the military topographical department made by stebnitsky tilo and others contributed largely to the improvement of russian maps the best of these were executed by strelbitsky and his assistants mathematical treatment could not however overcome all the difficulties which such an investigation presented in respect to complicated natural phenomena particularly in the early days of russian science in the eighteenth century russian thought was still unable to state general laws and could only observe phenomena in part but in course of time experiment produced a greater knowledge of scientific law above all in the physical and chemical sciences studied at the imperial academy before euler published his dioptrics riemann had already made some experiments in electricity in which lomonosov had a certain share this high-spirited russian man of science wrote also on optics and formulated some fundamental propositions concerning the mechanical theory of heat somewhat later in the first half of the nineteenth century besides lentz and kupfer petrov one of their russian colleagues acquired some renown in practical physics theoretical physics was further elucidated by umov and partly by folsen famous as well for his actinometrical studies at the same time the experimental spirit further cultivated by stolyatov and others attained its highest point in the famous investigations of lebedev on the pressure of light and manifested itself in the valuable seismographic observations and inventions of prince golitsyn in course of time the physical interpretation of natural phenomena was applied also to the study of weather Kraft and Lomonosov had been aware of the importance of systematic meteorological observations, but these were not organized till much later, particularly after the foundation of the chief physical observatory, 1849, by Kupfer and Wilde. The materials collected under their direction in different parts of the empire were studied by Veselovsky, Voyakov, Klosovsky, and others chemistry was even more fortunate conceived in a quite modern way by one of the earliest russian men of science it was subsequently studied with great success in different russian schools some years before the foundation of the university of moscow lomonosov expressed original views on this subject as a believer in the corpuscular philosophy he tried to apply quantitative analysis in studying the physical properties of bodies. He thought it necessary to ascertain their measure, weight, and proportions. He was the father of physical chemistry. In his inquiries he implied the principles of conservation of matter and of motion. He established fairly clearly some other propositions of this new science, concerning not only the mechanical theory of heat, but also the kinetic theory of gases, the continuity of the three states of matter, etc. And thus Lomonosov formulated the conception of a new science, physical chemistry, which has grown up only in our own days. Physical chemistry, he wrote in 1752, is a science explaining theoretically and empirically, by means of physical experiments, the causes of the chemical processes which go on in compound bodies. These operations, however, could not be carried far at that period. Even Lovitz still adhered to the phlogiston theory, and only at the beginning of the nineteenth century Petrov and others tried to prove its inconsistency 
still later after the discoveries of kirchhoff and hess in the domain of catalysis and thermochemistry russian chemists began to make further original investigations in eighteen forty two sinin arrived by means of experiment at some organic basis of chemical processes and obtained very valuable results with regard to aniline he founded a famous school of russian chemists one of these butlerov established a new principle of chemical constitution of matter and had in his turn pupils who worked under his influence morkovnikov and sayetsev Beketov began his investigations also under the direction of Sinin, and developed original views on the affinity of chemical elements and on thermochemistry. Some years after the principal discovery of Sinin was made, Mendeleev, a most talented supporter of the theory of chemical types, discovered the periodic law of elements, and Metschutkin founded a new center of chemical inquiries similar investigations in other branches of natural science developed during this period and were also made subsequently by foreign and russian students who began to state the laws which manifest themselves in different forms and processes of matter and life and tried to complete their observation by experiment this conception however took time to develop the views of lomonosov on the physical and chemical processes by means of which the origin of different minerals could be explained e g rock salt fossil coal and amber on the natural uniformity of crystals and on the phenomena of metamorphism were too premature to be followed up by russian students even their foreign masters had then no clear ideas on these subjects but confined themselves mostly to observation and their russian pupils began to practice it with some success an assistant of the self-denying melon krasheninikov for instance produced a substantial botanical survey of kamchatka lepachin a collaborator of the learned palace the framer of russian zoography and paleontology published an accurate description of the natural wealth and folk roads of the northern provinces of the empire and some years later osirishkovsky and suev recorded valuable observations made during travels in russia this descriptive tendency assumed by degrees a more scientific and precise character it is conspicuous in the first half of the nineteenth century for instance in the work of severgin and kokshirov on russian mineralogy of lebedur and turchaninov on russian flora and of brunt and kuturga on russian fauna in the second half of the century some general principles were stated by russianized or russian men of science and could be confirmed by experiment and more profound and comprehensive views on nature which gave a new direction to observation were at this time enunciated this movement manifested itself for instance in the domain of mineralogy Godolin, who perceived very clearly the value of mathematical formulae and geometrical figures in order to express the laws which regulate the symmetry of crystals, put forward the hypothesis of a homogeneous crystalline substance enclosed in them. Godolin's work was continued and improved by Federoff. He elaborated a vast scheme of all possible structures of crystals vernadsky studied not only crystallography but some of the physico and geochemical processes in minerals and began to describe their types in a systematic survey progress was made also in anatomy and physiology pirogov the celebrated pupil of the dutchman moyer of dorpat 
made an important contribution to the development of anatomy he anticipated the bacteriological theory of blood putrefaction and used anaesthetics in surgical operations which were further improved by gruber Yakubovich and somewhat later bechterev made acute microscopical investigations concerning the anatomy of the nervous system meanwhile syetchenov became famous for his physiological researches particularly on the cerebrospinal reflexes while pavlov elaborated a lucid conception of the reciprocal action of the organs which play a part in the normal life of the body and began his celebrated experiments on the circulation of blood the secretory functions of the digestive glands and the reflexes of the brain more complicated and concrete sciences such as botany and zoology were also progressing during this period zenkovsky was one of the first to study the anatomy and physiology of plants and contributed to the progress of bacteriological investigations Famintsen also worked at the physiology of plants and explained the influence of light on them and the phenomena of symbiosis timiryatsev a convinced partisan of the mechanical conception of physiological processes and a strict adherent of darwinism studied the composition and properties of chlorophyll and other questions of vegetable life zoology and particularly embryology owed much also to russian students this new science was founded by bayer one of the greatest embryologists but bayer was not prepared to accept the theory of evolution in its phylogenetic sense and this was done by kovalevsky and metchnikoff who contributed to further progress kovalevsky made very important investigations concerning the embryogeny of invertebrates acidae amphioxus lanceolatus bonelia sagitta etc their secretory organs lymphatic glands etc metchnikoff was with kovalevsky one of the founders of the modern embryology of invertebrates he proved that their embryonic layers developed in a way similar to those of higher organisms as may be seen in scorpions and other types he signalized himself moreover by his microbiological studies on intracellular digestion and on the struggle of amoebomorphous cells phagocytes against infectious microbes in animal organisms for instance in the daphnia magna most of these russian students of nature exercised a great influence on the pupils who continued their work pirogov had many pupils Sietchenov was the father of physiology in russia pavlov organized the physiological studies in the medical institute zenkovsky guided the first steps of famintsen who in his turn molded paladin borodin and others the assistance given by kovalevsky and metchnikoff to younger men working in similar fields is testified to by the famous embryologist selensky bogdanov formed a school of russian zoologists represented by shimkevich nasonov and others many of these devoted themselves to the study of more special subjects the results of these studies were applied also to more complex domains of knowledge concerning geographical and geological phenomena particularly those which had some relation to russia the geographical explorations undertaken by the academy of sciences in the eighteenth century proved very fruitful in scientific results particularly the great northern expedition of gmelin the elder and muller and the travels of palace in different provinces of the empire 
somewhat later similar expeditions were organized chiefly under the patronage of the geological society eighteen forty five for instance those of miedendorf persivalsky semenov tianchansky potanin payevtsov sievertsov and many others geographical exploration was not confined to russian asia mikluhamakli for instance spent some years in new guinea among the papuans and in other places where he made valuable zoological collections and ethnographical observations in course of time these collections and observations were scientifically treated either by the travellers themselves or by independent investigators and were brought into connection with anthropological studies one of the pupils of bogdanov anuchin well known also for his geographical works began to deliver lectures on anthropology and organized the anthropological museum at the university of moscow he published his investigations on the tribe of the ainu comparing archaeological data with ethnographical observations on the bow and arrows and on the use of sledges canoes and horses in burial rites the rise of geological science in russia was of later origin messerschmitt and other travellers had gathered geological data and lomonosov had anticipated some modern views on the gradual formation of successive strata in connection with the internal heat of the earth and on the origin of subterranean minerals but even after the inauguration of the mining school in seventeen seventy four geology was not studied as a separate science until murchison made an attempt to give a general conception of the geological structure of russia and the ural mountains which had great influence on subsequent geological studies before murchison's date however helmersen began his travels he made a study of the devonian system and elaborated the first geological map of russia somewhat later karpinski entered upon his various geological petrographical and paleontological inquiries chernyshev set to work on the paleozoic period particularly in the ural mountains and dokuchev devoted himself to the investigation of the russian soil in the fertile southern provinces the geological committee was founded in eighteen eighty two and some russian geologists earned reputation by special researches in different parts of the empire schmidt in the baltic provinces inostrantsev in the north and pavlov in the middle of russia mushatov in turkestan the urals and the caucasus some of these geological investigations were more or less related to prehistoric studies and the geologists themselves for instance glovkinsky inostrantsev and others were inclined to promote anthropology count yuvarov was one of the first to devote himself to this special study he published a comprehensive work on the prehistoric antiquities of russia and this was supplemented by further investigations of antonovich anuchin and others in spite of this development in natural science speculative philosophy continued to control some of the moral sciences in russia thus for a long time philosophy was intimately connected with psychology in seventeen eighty three Anichkov, one of the adherents of the Wolfian doctrine, wrote papers on the immortality of the soul and on the connection between mind and body, which he explained, in the Aristotelian and scholastic spirit, by the doctrine of the inflexus physicus. This tie became weaker under the influence of the empirical psychology. Galich had become aware of its value, and some thirty years later Ushinsky had made an attempt to analyze the phenomena of feeling and will the scientific study of nature had naturally much effect on psychology 
Syetchikov tried to solve the problem of the mind and body in this way, and in his reply to Kavilin's pamphlet expressed the opinion that only physiologists can attempt a solution. Troitsky wished to exclude metaphysics from psychology, and introduced English empirical psychology to Russians. This movement, partly supported by Vladislavlev, an adherent of Fechner, was, however, exposed to some fluctuations. Grote, at the beginning of his career, was ready to accept it from a positive point of view, but later turned to metaphysics, and terminated by applying the general law of conservation of energy to psychical processes. The metaphysical conception of psychology provoked, moreover, criticism in the modern scientific treatises of Oshansky and Lange, in the works of Chelpanov, Vedensky, and others. In course of time, further applications of physiology and psychology were made in the domain of linguistics. Here, as in other departments, description of facts preceded their explanation. General knowledge of this kind was, of course, very scarce in old Russia, but Messerschmitt and other travellers, particularly in the second half of the eighteenth century, had gathered linguistic materials. Bachmeister made a great collection of such data, which were published in a great dictionary of all known languages, under the direction of Pallas. The study of Indo-European languages began in the same century, from the time of Bayer, who took some interest in Sanskrit, and was directed especially to Russian grammar. Lomonosov made a valuable attempt to establish the principal groups of Slavonic languages. He distinguished also the Church Slavonic and Russian elements of our language, elucidated its rational use, and sketched its probable development and his views were adopted by barsov and other russian writers later on comparative linguistics began to be treated in a much more scientific way korsh was well versed in european and even oriental languages but neither he nor bothlink the great sanskritist was able to found new linguistic schools in russia these arose thanks to the learned activity of fortunatov in moscow and baruin de courtenay in kazan the late professor Fortunatov made acute investigations concerning the comparative grammar of Indo-European languages and their dialectical peculiarities in the most ancient periods. The original representative of the neogrammatical movement, Baduin de Courtenay, studied the physiology and psychology of language. He discovered the laws of reduction of the stems of words in favor of their terminations, and of phonetic change and was specially interested in the slavonic dialects these distinguished linguists had pupils who continued their work shachmatov ulyanov and others represented the moscow school krushevsky bogoroditsky bulich and others the kazan school of linguistics at the same time putebnya a follower of steinthal applied psychological principles to the investigation of etymological and syntactical as well as semasiologic phenomena in the russian language he elucidated the relations of thought to language and studied the folklore of little russia and his views were expanded by ovsyaniko kulikovsky and sumtsov while psychology was dominated by speculative philosophy it could not have much influence on the development of sociology but social science was, especially at first, closely related to ethnography, which developed in connection with natural science, and thus produced a corresponding conception of social phenomena. 
the ethnographical study of the different nations and tribes of the russian empire was simplified by the ethnographical maps anticipated by kirillov and compiled by Köppen and Rittich. the publication of materials collected by georgi chulkov and others began in the eighteenth century in course of time this work became more specialized sakharov tereshenko dal and others were particularly interested in russian dialects and ways of thought and life the study of which was promoted by nadezhdin and enlarged by the expedition of chisbinsky klaproth kastren shiorgan radloff and somewhat later yadrintsev shmirnov and others studied the languages folklore and folk roads of the ural altaic peoples while miller uslar and others contributed to our knowledge of the ethnography of the caucasus in recent times old and new materials have been classified particularly in the ethnographical museums of petrograd and the late professor harutsen summed up the results of this work in his lectures on ethnography end of first part of lecture six